is KGMI Connects with Joe Tian, a live local show about our community and you on KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM in Bellingham and KGMI.com. Well, happy Monday. It is all about you and we hope you'll join us for our conversation and take it in whatever direction you'd like to take it because that's what our show is all about. Your thoughts, ideas, your opinions and giving us a call 360-676-5464 is the phone number here at KGMI Connects that's a tough call I mean the Sackler family uh, lawsuit that's before the Supreme Court or the, the settlement rather the lawsuit challenging it I mean here you've got uh, the Sacklers have agreed to pay what some six billion dollars in, in and to com, uh, contribute toward uh, combating the opioid epidemic. Of course, they'll keep billions more. And uh, the deal would also shield them from any further liability. So, is that a good trade-off? Should the people who, in, in part, helped create the, the crisis that so many people find themselves embroiled in, should they uh, remain... I mean, $6 billion, that's a lot of money. But then they still have billions more. Not sure how many billions, but you think a family could get by on just a few billions. But, uh, yeah, it's a, a tough call. And um, many, as we heard in the news report there, uh, many people involved in this think it's uh, the best deal they could get. Uh, at the same time, I mean, should the, should the Sacklers really, should they walk out away from this with anything? Tough call there. Uh, it's going to be rainy here. We got an atmospheric, uh, another atmospheric river upon us. And windy this evening and tonight, and uh, lots of rain coming our way over the next day or two. So, kind of buckle in and batten down the hatches, I guess. And uh, as I said, give us a call. Tell us what's on your mind here on this Monday. Three six zero six seven six five four six four is the phone number. And uh, well, let's get started with Rich in Ferndale today. Hi, Rich. How's it going, Joe? Doing all right for a Monday. <laughs> yeah, the rain started coming about an hour and a half ago. Just started pouring. Uh huh. Kind of reminds me of a couple of years ago. Hopefully, we don't get to that level. But I yeah, we'll I remember that. that it started raining on like you know, like it seems to me it started raining Saturday and it just didn't quit for days, did it? Yeah, it rained, I want to say, like six or seven inches in a week or less yeah, than a week of four yeah. or five days. And then the snow melt, we had that flood. It was terrible. Mm-hmm. What you were saying about opioids, the $6 billion, you know, it, it, I can't understand why certain drugs are legal, like such as cigarettes. There is just nothing good about them, and yet it's legal, and people do it mm-hmm. and get lung cancer all the time. You wonder, why, do they, why is it legal? Why, why don't they make it illegal? There's nothing good to it. Yeah, but I take don't. nicotine pills. If you need nicotine, you can take a pill for it. You don't need to smoke it. <laughs> right. Well, you know, they, they've, we've made great strides in reducing the the percentage of uh, re- Americans who smoke. Uh, but yeah, I I mean, I, I understand what you're saying. But then, then again, whenever a substance is banned, it doesn't make it go away completely. I no, think uh, that's pretty obvious away, by uh, looking at at the war on drugs, but. There's a lot of people who do obey the law and follow very well. They look at all the people who are very obediently wearing masks to this day. So I think if it were illegal, it would curb some of the use. There would be a percentage of people that, oh, it's not legal, we can't do that. 
So it wouldn't hurt to make it illegal. Yeah, it might not help a lot, but I kind of wonder if it's because there's a big fat tax on cigarettes in the state. You know, how, as bad as it is for you to make money on it, maybe they want to keep well, making the, money on it. The big fat tax has really been more or less fairly recent in the history of tobacco use. I mean, yeah, as the, you know, sin taxes. Yeah, let's pile on sin taxes. It, 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 and I don't, I. I I don't know. I don't think that uh, the sin taxes have been so much aimed at bringing in a lot of revenue as being uh, a disincentive to people to to use this stuff. I mean, I think we have to admit too that are, there have been some big big moneyed interests that have really rolled in the dough from uh, the tobacco industry. And if you can recall, the one that long ago when we had this huge multi billion dollar settlement uh, from the tobacco companies over over that. Uh, but the disincentive to make it uh, to stop use, that's a sales job. That's not a real thing. They say, oh, we're trying to discourage use, just like high gas prices. We're going to discourage use. Fuel consumption has not gone down, and cigarette use overall probably hasn't gone down. There might be less people doing it for the population, but people are still smoking. It's, I think that's a sales job excuse to make money for the government. Oh, we want to disincentivize it, but uh, we're making big money on the side through taxes. You know, they don't want to talk about that part. Uh, Seems disingenuous, that statement, that, that they say that. Okay. Well, I mean, but, you know, taxes are used as, um, you know, at, to, to help steer and direct people's, uh, you know, to, to direct people's activity or or that's how they, they conduct say. themselves. Um so you know, to one degree or another, but yeah, uh, but uh, okay, all right, Rich. I don't know that right. uh, banning a substance though, because then we'd have black market on cigarettes and tobacco products if uh, if it were totally banned. Um, yeah, but uh, all right, let's go to uh, let's go to Bill north of the county or uh, north of Bellingham, out in the county. Hi, Bill. Uh, thank you, Joe. Uh, I'm gonna. I did a no-no. I was driving when I dialed, so. I'm I'm right I'm right here. Just a second. You are um, okay, Joe. You're okay. You're in a safe spot. I am okay. Okay. My question is to you: Should there be any liability to the city of Bellingham for allowing a large homeless camp right close uh, proximity to a couple of the major? Uh, uh, stores where we shop and where we buy our our things um, is uh, um, when when we find out that there's an excess of 900 shopping carts that have been stolen by the people that that reside there. Is, isn't wouldn't there? Doesn't it seem to me that there may be political motivation why the city, you know, some kind of a political thing why the city is allowing that camp to to go on right next to that uh, shopping, that big box store? Well, what, should there what, be a liability? What interest would the city have in allowing it to to fester there? Well, the city claims that they're doing all they can to deal with um, uh, the homeless problem. You know, they, their solution seems to be building skyscrapers to put them in. Um and know, bringing skyscrapers them downtown, that are being built. Set, okay. set, setting up, setting up a uh, the base camp downtown, so let them march around. When there have been other alternatives uh, that would take the homeless people away from the where the stores are, and they've ignored that, and they seem to continue to ignore, it, and they've ignored it for many years. 
should there be liability to the city for uh, for that kind of loss to the to those stores and the the amount of money that the that the consumers are having to pay to for those lost shopping carts? Well, I don't know about the 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 shopping carts. I'm I'm sure that's a cost to the uh, to the the retailers that lose their shopping carts. I'm sure it's something that they wouldn't. Well, cost they they wish they didn't have to incur. I don't know that the days. I don't know that the city allows it so much as uh, to where I mean what I, and I I don't like the idea of having homeless encampments. Obviously, I think they're they're they're, they're not good for anyone. Uh, not certainly not for people who are residing in them, and certainly not for people who uh, or businesses that uh, are nearby. Uh, but then, but dealing with them and uh, cleaning them up, I mean, it's one thing. You go in, you you sweep through it, you clean it up, you move people out of it. But where do those people they, go then? They'll they, go somewhere else. They'll find another they spot. Moved them, they, they conveniently moved them out of the downtown, away, out of their hair, out of their, from, out from under their nose. But they've stuck they, them in. They've stuck them in the hair of somebody I, uh, who maybe they politically dislike. That's what I'm concerned about. Oh, you think? But but the city hasn't moved the homeless population into an an encampment, and I think you're alluding to the one near near Walmart. I am. Okay, so you think the city is actively encouraging the homeless uh, local homeless people to go and be in this encampment? To I think they're not using forces that are necessary to stop the. uh, what would you call this grand larceny going on there? Okay, all right. Well, all right, all right. And I think there's, I think there's alternatives. They could move them to uh, out to uh, east of Lake Padden there, and that large uh, piece of property that's owned by the city, and set up a rehab center and a place for them to be, and get them out of the hair of all the shop owners. Okay. I mean, if, if it were that easy, couldn't they move in uh, and set up uh, rehab centers there next to Walmart? And Oh, yeah. And then they can continue with all the problem that they have. No, no, they need to move. They need to relocate them. Okay. All and right. The city is, I believe the city's aware of this. Okay. Well, I, I, but I, you know, I think you have to understand too, the city isn't in control of these individuals. They, Say okay, we don't you you can't camp here, yeah. you can't camp there, but you think you think the city is manipulating where these people go? Uh, absolutely. All right, Bill. All right, well, we'll leave it at that. Let's go uh, real quick, quick before we take a break. John and Ferndale's on the line. Hi, John. So ridiculous, Joe. The uh, homeless people don't have a lot of money, and Walmart has low prices. Wow. Put that together. Okay. I mean, you know. Like, but but no, it's easier to believe that it's a big conspiracy. And speaking of conspiracy buffs, our our good friend Rich, right? I'm glad he finally said it. This is you know you listen to people, you, you figure out how their brains work. So in Rich's world, I'm not gay. I don't want gays to to be able to get married. You know, they shouldn't even exist. They just do that for attention. Okay. Uh, in, in in Rich's world. I'm not a woman, and any woman that, but you know, any 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 woman that gets pregnant or finds herself pregnant, well, you just have to have it. Doesn't matter if it's a rapist baby. Doesn't matter if you're 10 years old. Rape should be illegal. Now, Rich doesn't smoke. I think smoking is disgusting. It should be made illegal. See, these are freedom grabbers. 
but I called up about help, Obamacare. Okay. Okay. So, so, so our disgraced former president uh, on Saturday, he he said Obamacare is a disaster, and I said we're going to do something about it. I saved Obamacare when we got that with John McCain's negative vote. You know, he voted against it after campaigning for many, many years. Uh, just thumbs down. Trump said he saved Obamacare okay. when he lost the fight because we were all there. Now, I don't know if this was a Grandpa Simpsons moment where he sat on the pumpkin pie, but, you know, uh, or if he's – see, the thing is, I don't know if Trump is – is so dumb that he believes his own BS or if this is a concoction because he knows his followers will just, you know, this is where reality changes. This is like the book 1984. No, no, no. We've always been at war war with East Eurasia. He said he saved saved Obamacare. Obamacare, He said. Uh, Because I I thought that he was going to do away with it. Can I play the clip for you? No, that's all right. I I believe you. you I mean, look it up, folks. Okay. It's, and uh, the other thing, Mark Wayne Mullen, the uh, uh, Oklahoma congressman uh, who said he was going to get in the fight with that union guy, right? Bernie Sanders had to, gentlemen, gentlemen, please, you know. He was talking on, 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 on C-SPAN saying, that, you know, him, Matt Gates, the disgraced, uh, uh, on his way to, to prison, Matt, Matt Gates, mm. he was <laughs> showing them videos of, of girls he was having sex with, and he, he took videos on his phone bragging about crushing Viagra. I don't know if he sniffs it or he mixes it in with the, the monster energy fuel drink, but it's like okay. this kind of debauchery. And Dennis Prager is like, oh, this is terrible that, that George Santos got kicked out. Like man, the Republican Party falling apart. I'm just, you know, I'm getting indigestion from all the popcorn. But okay. that's what really. All right, all right. Thanks, John. We'll take a quick break. Be back with more. We got a bunch of folks on the line. They want to talk, and we hope you do too. Three six zero six seven six five four six four. Back in a moment. Every year, we see when people are turning on their heating equipment for the first time. There's some surprises that happen. One really, really bad first day in November last year, I want to say it was about 400 phone calls in a day. It's really painful for us to have 400 phone calls in a day because I look at it like I'm not able to serve all those customers. I really want to have everybody under my umbrella. I just know that our team is going to take care of them better than anybody. The best offense to this is a really good defense and identify some problems early. We want people to just start thinking about it where people are being proactive with starting their equipments before we get to the day where you really, really need it. Find a pre-winter checklist at MarsHeating.com. Easy, do-it-yourself suggestions that'll pay big dividends this season at MarsHeating.com. This is Steve Berger, Director and Lead Counselor at Contact Counseling Recovery Services in Bellingham. Contact Counseling offers alcohol and drug treatment, assessment, consultation, and referral services for adults and youth. We have been serving Northwest Washington residents for over 40 years. If you, an employee, friend, or family member is struggling with substance abuse, please realize 
When a person is engaged in quality, ongoing treatment, the probability of success is excellent. At Contact Counseling, we will help match you or your loved one with the correct level of treatment to provide the greatest opportunity for success. A person does not have to hit rock bottom to begin treatment and experience a successful recovery. I personally started working in the addiction treatment field over 30 years ago, and the simple fact is, treatment works. Please contact us at 360-671-3277 or online at contactcounseling.com. Allow Contact Counseling to help you or your loved one find the road to recovery. Trust. It's the foundation of every lock and key, and it's the reason Accurate Lock and Security has been serving Northwest Washington for over 90 years, because people know that Accurate are the ones you can trust to protect your valuables. From Abloy to Medico to Keymark, Accurate's high-security locks offer a patented key blank that only contracted dealers can cut, extreme resistance to physical attack, and a variety of security enhancements to bolster your protection. Accurate Lock and Security, the security professional team. Online at accuratelock.net. Taking your calls live on KGMI Connects, 360-676-5464. Great to have you with us here on this Monday. We go right back to the phones. And as always, whatever is on your mind, we want to hear from you. Let's go to Larry and Everson. Hi, Larry. Hi there. Two comments. Okay. Kind of, sort of. Sure. Um, I think it was Bill. What does Bill have against the Lake Padden golf course? I, I don't know, and I, I I guess that's a question I, I have as well. I, I play there once in a while. It's okay. a nice course. Uh huh. The city makes money on it, and it is definitely not a place for a homeless camp because there ain't nothing out there for them. Well, exactly, and and that's part of it, and that's what we hear from experts. So that I mean, you take people away from services and. Then, but then, I guess his idea is we would duplicate them out there. But I, I yeah, it's a facility that a lot of people enjoy. Like you say, it's a it's a, a source of revenue for the city, and it's open and green space. I, I and, and and my other one is for John. Okay, I I recall a phone call that he made in one day, and he said the only thing Republicans do is berate the people that they disagree with or don't like straight to John. Do you ever listen to what you say about the people that you don't like or disagree with? It, it, it's absolutely incredible. I, I, it, it, that, that one really gets me when he starts saying things about people that he don't like. All right. Okay, Larry. That's all I got. Thanks. Got, Got it. Appreciate your call. Go to Jim in Seattle. Hi, Jim. Hi, Joe. How are you today? Doing all right. What's on your mind? Oh, the usual. Okay. Dennis Prager. All right. He gets you going, I know. Yes. Well, I have no choice. Well, I have a choice. I could tune out till right at 4 o'clock, but I don't. Uh, but he says today that, you know, Americans got to learn to get off free things. Okay. And, uh, yeah, so why don't we name a few of those three things? Uh, bailouts from the federal government through the taxpayer. AIG got bailed out during the Great Recession about 15 years ago. And uh, Silicon Valley Bank just got bailed out. Uh, uh, Goldman Sachs got bailed out. And uh, there's subsidies for oil still when they're not competitive. They get subsidies, taxpayer money even though they're the most richest uh, corporations that are destroying the 
the habitat, uh, and um, what else? Anyway, I will admit that I'm on uh, disability, uh, Social Security disability, which is known as SSDI. The I means insurance. So I had to pay in to receive it. So he'd probably call me a freeloader. And if you wanted to experience my life, he's more than welcome to because it isn't and wasn't all that pleasant. And you don't just walk into Social Security one day and say, I don't want to work anymore. It's very stingy our government is. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I had to go through a whole bunch of things. And and if you want to have a decent life, you know, have the nice uh, 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 products of your own labor, uh, then disability is not much to uh, shout out because you, you can't buy a home, basically, not on the money I have. I have a, a small place, and I'm fortunate to have a family down here in Seattle. Okay. Uh, but, you know, you don't you don't really – I don't even have a car. And if I had one, I'd probably run out of my savings in a few short months. So all that's true. Now, one thing I will say is what we're experiencing overall in the uh, global situation is what Michael Parenti would call the third worldization of everywhere. And uh, that means, you know, just services like the stuff that I have will be eliminated. Much worse could happen, I will say, if Trump gets elected, although I'm not a huge fan of the Democrats either. They're uh, kind of paid for by big money. Uh, and um, so I, I will just read you this. This is from uh, Gore Vidal, 1970, I believe. He says, uh, the media in America exist only to serve the financial interests of their owners. That is the way things are and have always been. So hopefully we can have more shows like this where it's not so controlled and other points of view can get in there, so which I'm always clamoring for. So All right. I had, a, uh, I had another little bit from the Young Fresh Fellows, the song that I listened to, but I'll save that for another day, and I'll cheer them on and all of us on that are trying for the betterment of our situation. And thanks for letting me uh, talk. All right, Jim. Thanks for your call. Appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I, I guess I, I don't understand quite how how it's such a terrible thing to uh, for the government to help out individuals or families. Somehow you're making them dependent, whereas um, you know t- this tax subsidies and uh, and uh, benefits to big businesses somehow. Uh, that's you know that's necessary to prop up the the economy or keep the economy vibrant that that's a really good thing i it's just i, I don't i don't get that but let's go to robert in bellingham hi robert hello yeah i was going to talk about the homeless camp by a Walmart. There's okay. been quite a bit of writing about it on on Reddit. Um, the big problem is is that it's private property, and I think that's one of the drawbacks of of pri- too much coddling of private property owners. There's uh, several parcels out there, and I, that I've heard you know from Reddit at least that. Um, the city can't get a hold of the property owners. A lot of times there's absentee landlords, and they're just holding the property as it, to try and get money out of it as it goes up in value. And uh, then the police are much more limited in what they can do. If it's a city street downtown, they can do things. And uh-huh. most of the downtown property owners want to do something about well, this. Yeah, that's a, if it, that's a, and that's a good point. If the, if people are camped out in a uh, in a park or a, some, some public space, then the city can take action unilaterally. But 
There was um, just recently, well, not long ago, the the city did take uh, some legal action against a property owner there near Winco. Uh, but that was again, I as I understand, was a, a, a absentee owner, not a not a local resident, uh, but an owner who had this property and, like you say, probably bought it as as some sort of a uh, as an investment and not intending uh, to necessarily improve, and then. Uh, through and likely through no fault of their own, people found their way to it and established themselves. And then it's a problem for both the, the property owner and the city. And how do you how do you rectify that? Yeah, yeah. I think the city can't. They have to get search warrants and things like that. So they may be taking action now, but it slows that way down with with court because the property owner can't even be. Uh, in some cases, they can't even reach them. They try and reach them, and they don't answer. Yeah, if I and, recall the um, the situation on the property by Winco, the city took the the owner to court, took legal action, and then the owner, I believe, paid for the action to go in for people to go in and and while you know police stood by, they weren't actively involved. City crews weren't actively involved in in the cleanup. As I if I if I'm correct on that, I believe. That was how that all proceeded. They had folks from services that came to attend to the people that were being being moved off that property. And because uh, you have to have the cooperation of the property owner, and sometimes you don't even hear from a property owner. And there was an interesting idea that I heard about um, when they think that property, just empty property in the city, maybe should be taxed more if it's empty because landlords will just hold it. And then if they tax it more, the value goes down maybe. And then if the value goes down, then somebody can afford to buy it and possibly put a building there. So they're Mm -hmm. not using all their money to just buy the property and then they can't afford to build the building. But in some cases, there's land that is just sitting idle and becoming a magnet for homelessness and and all kinds of problems because people are just sitting on it uh, waiting for just because of the land value. And it's already gotten too expensive, so a building like a housing or a a business can't pencil out. Mm -hmm. So at least in the city, I could see doing that. I can see farmers might not like that idea, tax the land more, but if that's a working farm, then it's to be in use. And if it's a wilderness area or something like that, it's a timberland, working uh, forest land, it's in good use, you know, but it's one of the bad things of, of too much emphasis on private property, I guess. <laughs> All right. All right, Robert. Thanks for your thoughts. Uh, we'll, take, right. yeah, we'll take a quick break. Be back with more. We got uh, John on the line, a different John, and we'll hear from him and from you here in just a moment, back in two minutes here on KGMI Connects, 360-676-5464. Are you on Medicare or individual health insurance and wondering if you are on the right plan for you and your family? This is Marcia Neal with Guided Solutions, formerly Vibrant USA. We understand the TV advertising and the mail you have been receiving may create more questions than answers. Although the deadlines are coming, you may still have time to make a change. So call us at 866-733-5111. Our agents can review your plan options, answer your questions, and put your mind at ease. How can you possibly call yourself my friend? What? Come on, why are you taking it so personal? You never heard of friendly competition? Although there really won't be much competition. What? Are you kidding me, bro? Hey, what can I get you? How about a new drinking, buddy? <laughs> oh, come on, man. 
You don't need to go to Boston to find a new drinking buddy or a place where everybody knows your name. Menace Brewing in Bellingham's Fountain District is family-owned and operated and pet-friendly. So when you're at Menace Brewing, you're always with family, even if you're not rooting for the same team. Whether you're looking for a place to catch a soccer match, test yourself on trivia night, or grab some delicious food from one of our rotating food trucks, Menace Brewing is your friendly neighborhood brewery. Stop by from noon till 10 daily and enjoy a refreshing craft pint. Bring your friends and make some new ones. So next time you'd like to get away, head to Menace Brewing on the corner of the Guide and West North Street in Bellingham. Cheers! The latest local news and important topics of the day from the West Mechanical Studio. Tired of inefficient heating, poor indoor air quality, and rising energy bills? Contact West Mechanical today to explore going ductless with a system from Mitsubishi Electric Heating and Air Conditioning. Find them at westmechanical.net. Get the latest news and information 24-7 with KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM in Bellingham and KGMI.com. We're taking your calls live on KGMI Connects. 360-676-5464. Thanks for being with us here on this Monday, kind of a rainy and windy Monday. It's going to get even more stormier as we get further into the evening. But our phone number here, 360-676-5464. John in Blaine joins us. Hi, John. Hey, Joe. So before I get to my communist friend. Okay. Um, so they're all, they're all. Uh, mad and freaking out because these people made money off of um, opioids and agreed that opioids are addicting. Cigarettes are addicting. Alcohol is addicting. Tell me one good thing that, that being uh, um, getting addicted to alcohol has ever done for anybody or um, what, what cigarettes has ever done for anybody. So why, you know, why in the world aren't they squawking about that, too? Nobody forced anybody to get addicted to anything. And and well, you go, you get addicted to it, you can get off of it. Yeah, well, I, I, that's easier said than done for many people. But and I've, I've but you know the the you know the tobacco companies paid some pretty big money. Uh, what was it? Late late nineties or late nineties? Wasn't it early two thousands yeah. when they reached the, yeah, they the tobacco business, settlement? Though, did it? No, it sure didn't put them out of business. Though. No, it didn't. No, but. Um, yeah, they, they did pay a lot of money. Um, I don't know. Don't you think, though, if they're making all this money off something that's so so destructive and 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 really addictive? I mean, tobacco, they say, is it's right up there with the most addictive drugs. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, I was addicted to it for years. Yeah, if God okay. hadn't delivered me, I'd still be smoking. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I quit tobacco years ago. And it was no fun, that's for sure. But well, um, yeah, but so, uh, okay. Now, for my communist friend, and okay. I say that I don't, I don't hate the guy. If communism and socialism is so great, why don't you pack up? And if you don't, if you ain't got the money, we'll get it for you. And pack up and move over to Chavez's country, or how about some of the other? Why don't you move to Russia or, or China, where they where they dictate every little bit you do? America is the greatest nation on earth. We have our problems. Everybody does. It's called being human. Uh-huh. Humans are idiots, and I'm one of them, all right? But um, America has changed this world. America is the only country in the world where the people are supposed to rule. They don't rule as much as they used to. Okay. But we are, we are the most incredible nation that has ever been. Okay. But we I, have I, changed the world for right. the better. 
But that doesn't mean people can't criticize it and say, hey, maybe we should try something different. And I'm not saying we want to be a communist country. That's not my bag, but... Like socialism? Well... No. Okay. You think you like it so much? Why don't you move? You see how you see how you do then with your you know with your little bit of Social Security and unemployment. They wouldn't give it to you. Well, that's a, the the whole idea of a communist system, isn't it? But all right, John, there we go. We got a, a vote for the old uh, America, love it or leave it. But uh, thanks for your call, John. Appreciate it. Let's go to Doug in Birch Bay. Hi, Doug. Hi, Joe. Hey, I'm, I'm kind of confused by this homeless camp by Walmart. Uh, uh-huh. If the uh, if the owner of the property called the police and said, hey, these people are trespassing, would the police do anything about it? You know, I don't know, because it seems like that is a really weird area of law. I mean, I, you know, I, because you hear about people who are squatting in properties and then they somehow, uh, the, the police show up and, and aren't able to just kick them out of the property. I I don't know how that all that washes out. It just seems to be a real complicated thing, and some some people get into a real mess. I remember there was some some property owner not here in Whatcom County or or close by, but somewhere here in Washington, who had invited people to come and stay on his property, and then it, they turned it into kind of this homeless encampment, and people were coming and going, doing all kinds of things that this this landowner wanted didn't want on his property. Well, and then he, it was just a terrible struggle just to get them off of the property. I don't know if it, if he ever did, but um, it turned into a nightmare for them. So, right, yeah. right. And like the thing, like the thing by Winko. Um, I mean, the city actually sued the property owner. Yeah, they did. They the city filed a, a lawsuit against the property owner. Um, you know, with not not monetarily, but to to force the property owner to get the to take action to move this uh, encampment off of the property so the property owner is responsible for moving these trespassers well i think it's like anything i mean if you have something that's uh something that's a on your property that's a detriment to the community or a danger to the community or some some you know deemed to be that then you're responsible for cleaning it up you know really really then it seems like uh if it's a danger to the community then the uh Police department, which is supposed to protect the community, would do something about it. Yeah, yeah. All right, I, I don't get that. But anyway. okay, thanks. All right, Doug, appreciate it. Yeah. All right, uh, we'll take a quick break. We got a we got time for your calls. That's for sure. Here on this Monday, it's KGMI Connects three six zero six seven six five four six four. GMC, I've done a great job with the new trucks. I'm blown away. Xavier Cortez is the owner of Northwest Chevrolet Buick GMC Cadillac. I love trucks. I really love trucks. Matter of fact, if you ever see me driving something around town, it's going to be a truck. But what they've done with a new model is absolutely amazing. Yes. I thought that GMC had really good competition with the other brands. But what they have rolled out this year and what they're coming with is absolutely untouchable. Great quality, super cool technology. How they look, how they drive, is can't compare with nothing in the market right now. Not because I sell it, because I, I'm a big fan of other makes and models. It's just because it's true. I've driven them, and I'm absolutely in awe. GMC. We are professional grade. Northwest Chevrolet, Buick, GMC Cadillac. 
Where do you go to find the best steakhouse between Seattle and Vancouver, B.C.? Northwest Washington's famed Steakhouse at Silver Reef is the place for award-winning, unforgettable fine dining. Savor our Northwest-sourced, dry-aged USDA prime steaks, finished to perfection in our 1,800-degree broiler. Immerse yourself in world-class elegance. Browse our award-winning wine and spirit list, while our attentive staff help to create lasting memories. Reservations are recommended through SilverReefCasino.com or by calling Silver Reef Casino Resort. At Silver Reef Casino Resort, we've got that. Escape the hustle and bustle of the city and get ready for a fun and relaxation-filled getaway. Luxury hotel rooms? Yep. Championship golf? Mm-hmm. Top-rated casino with all the best slots and table games? Yes and yes. World-class dining at the region's best and Wine Spectator award-winning steakhouse? Yes, please. The total package is only missing one thing. You. Silver Reef Casino Resort. Located off I-5, exit 260. We've got that. With more ways than ever to connect to news and entertainment, 90% of new car buyers want the tried-and-true AM-FM radio option. Gadgets are great, but when you're behind the wheel, you just want that local connection that you can't get from online apps. Local radio is dependable and free, with no subscription or cellular data required, and no fumbling with a separate device. Visit wearebroadcasters.com and tell us how you depend on AM radio stations like KGMI, and how you want AM included in your next news car. Are you on Medicare or individual health insurance and wondering if you are on the right plan for you and your family? This is Marcia Neal with Guided Solutions, formerly Vibrant USA. We understand the TV advertising and the mail you have been receiving may create more questions than answers. Although the deadlines are coming, you may still have time to make a change. So call us at 866-733-5111. Our agents can review your plan options, answer your questions, and put your mind at ease. We're taking your calls live on KGMI Connects, 360-676-5464. Thanks for joining us here on this Monday. Michelle in Bellingham joins us. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Joe. Hey, while I'm thinking about it, I hope you get some time off during the holidays. Oh, we'll squeeze a little bit in here and there. Yeah. I hope so. You deserve it. Oh, my God. appreciate it. (laughs) Thanks. Uh, You you have run just some... Hello? (laughs) Yeah, I'm here. Oh, okay. I'm hearing a, an echo. Um, I think you have done just the most amazing show, and and I just say I'm not saying that just because I'm on it often. I'm just saying it's amazing. Anyway, what I wanted to mention uh, first, real quick, in Tacoma, a uh, district attorney wanted to give the self-confessed uh, black killer of his girlfriend. Uh, much lighter sentences because he was black, which is ridiculous. I mean, everybody should be treated the same. And uh, the judge rule felt that way, and he decided uh, to give the um, uh, criminal uh, a longer uh, sentence than the prosecutor had recommended. So that's unusual. But I, I'm encouraged that maybe the tide is turning when it comes to rational behavior in our society and fair behavior. You know, the other thing I want to say about property rights, several people have talked about them. Bellingham, and I'm not being critical here, I'm not saying they shouldn't do it, but heck, when I had a water heater blow up, uh, and in order to, you know, replace it and install a new one, I had to get a permit from the city. And and that's fine. I mean, that was the rule, and I did. Um, but I had to pay for it, too. But what was really, um, what's really bad about it is the city has full control 
over property uh, rights. Uh, for example, if you build an accessory dwelling unit in your backyard and you do not get permission from the city, you will be in big trouble. And I mean big trouble. Um, the big key things, such as that homeless encampment on Deemer Road, I call them drug encampments because that's what they really are. Um, the encampment on uh, Deemer Road was, was finally taken out. And the reason that Bellingham wanted the owner to do it and sued the owner is because obviously it's up to the owner as to what, you know, to get him to pay for the the uh, huge expense of uh, clearing the property. And, um, you know, it cost an incredible amount of money to clear all the homeless that uh, began encamping downtown Bellingham in November and December of, of 2019 and then continued it on uh, through, uh, you know, I think all the way into 2021. And the city of Bellingham had to pay an amazing amount of money for that. Um, and although city-owned property, but still, I'm just saying that property rights, um, you know, the city can do almost anything it wants in terms of forcing property, the, the rules to, to be enforced, whether it's construction on the property or whether it's clearing a homeless encampment. And the city can do it. It's just that we don't, I don't think it's fair for the city to have to pay uh, many thousands of dollars, such as the Deemer Road thing, uh, to clear out a homeless camp when the property owner is really the one at fault for allowing the property to become invaded. In that particular situation, and I inspected it and, and took a quick look at it, like I do in most cases around the city. It's like people think I should be mayor. But anyway, the, the thing about the property there is he should have built a uh, fence around the entire property to prevent, you know, the uh, homeless encampment. Mm -hmm. And it would have prevented it, too. Now, Walmart's got a different situation back of Walmart. And I don't need, we don't even have time to talk about that today, but it is a unbelievably terrible situation. Um, so anyway, uh, do I make myself, is the point well made? Yeah. That's all I care about. Yeah, you know. definitely. And I'm just looking at the, uh, the city's website um, and for, and it's got a little free, you know, FAQ here. Uh, sure. About um, and this is specifically about unauthorized encampments. And uh, yeah, I love it when you fact check me. Yeah, well, one <laughs> one uh, question is why does it take so long for a camp to be cleaned up? It says there are typically at least two hundred reports of active and abandoned homeless camps in the online reporting queue at any one time. Complaints mm -hmm. are prioritized based on their location, public health and safety hazards, and other factors. Then resources are coordinated for outreach, notification, and cleanup of those camps scheduled for action says property owners are responsible for cleanup of camps on private property, and sometimes owners are unable to schedule cleanup immediately. Um, well, uh, that's understandable, but I'm just saying that the responsibility ultimately should be with the property owner. Now, uh -huh. one other thing, one other thing before I go, it's very, very important for the sake of our society's uh, well-being that we embark on a very emphatic mission of uh, taking the homeless and don't call them unhoused. Most of them couldn't get a house if they wanted to. Taking the homeless 
most of whom are either mentally ill or drug addicts. Um, I just talked to a homeless guy today trying to give him instructions to base camp, and he confirmed that thing I just said, that they were you know, either mentally ill or drug addicts. Okay. And I convinced him to go to base camp. How about that? Okay. But anyway, um, the thing is that we need to go into a situation where we can um, take over property, um, even if we have to use eminent domain, and we can build uh, barracks, uh, military-style barracks, uh, tiny homes, and other assorted ways of housing uh, homeless people and telling them in no uncertain terms, we want you to be housed, but you will not be allowed to use drugs. And if you do not want to come clean and sober, you will be uh, against it will be against the law, and you will be uh, institutionalized one way or the other. But my point is, we need okay. to go all out. In our city, our county needs to go all out on creating. Yes, I want the homeless to be housed if they want to be housed. Okay. And yes, I want the addicted to be treated if they want to be addicted. But I think if you talk to any former addict who's been clean and sober for any length of time. All of them have told me the same thing. I wanted to be clean and sober. The ones who don't want to be never will be unless you tell them they have no choice. Okay. And that's my All right. point for the day, and thank you, Joe. Thanks, Michelle. Appreciate it. Let's go to uh, John, another John up in Blaine. Hi, John. Hey, how you doing? Doing good. What's on your mind? I was wondering what's going on with your transmitter power, because uh, for the last week or so, it's been really low. I have not been able to pick you up uh, on AM in Blaine at all, and on FM, it's uh, getting stomped all over by uh, stations in Canada. Well, our FM signal isn't that strong. It generally won't uh, reach you too well there in Blaine, even under the best of conditions. Uh, I suspect our, well, our AM signal, we do go to low power when the sun goes down, when it, when it gets dark. So unfortunately we go to low power much earlier this time of year. Uh, that's by um, design. Our, you know, we're, that's our license requires us to reduce power. AM signals travel much farther than FM signals and they travel much farther at night. And um, that's why AM stations, most AM stations have to power down at, at, after the sun goes down. The solar, the, the sun when it's out <laughs> interferes with the travel, with how far an AM. Oh, I lost you there, John. But uh, just to, as an explainer, um, the, an AM signal travels much. Uh, it, it, the, the sun keeps it from traveling as far when the, when, when, when the sun goes down or, you know, when the earth rotates away from the sun, I guess is more accurate and it's dark, the AM signal travels much farther and then they interfere with each other. So our signal would interfere with a, a, a signal that's a close in frequency that otherwise wouldn't, we wouldn't be affecting during the day. So that's why AM stations have to power down. There are, there are a handful of, and I'm not sure the exact number, but there are a number of AM stations around the country that are licensed to broadcast at full power uh, throughout the night, and those were uh, created to um, enable uh, you know, nationwide communications in, in case of a national emergency, that sort of thing. Uh, so there are, there are several of those stations. Um, I don't know if there's one in Seattle or not, but uh, there's one in Denver, down in San Francisco, you know, they're, they're around the country. 
and uh, they're uh, high-powered uh, AM stations that uh, can uh, stay on all night. And there, and then the other stations are the other frequencies are kept uh, away from them, so they are not interfered with, or vice versa. But uh, let's go to uh, Lou in Linden. Hi, Lou. Hi, Joe. Yeah, I just wanted to uh, mention that one of my hobbies is uh, reading books written by people who escaped from communist countries, okay. like communist China, communist Soviet Union. Uh, one of the books is called Fulcrum. It's a, a, a Top Gun pilot's escape from the Soviet Empire. And he remarkably stole a MiG-29 in 1989. He was one of their top pilots. He was just fed up with the corruption and the evil he saw in the Soviet Union. Mm-hmm. And so he decided he was going to steal a MiG-29 and fly to Turkey over the Black Sea. Okay. And he he did that, and he had a fight. Uh, he had to get in a fist fight with one of the guards to get to the plane, and he planned and plotted his escape for months, and he made it, but just barely a minute ahead of the Soviet fighter jets that had been sent to shoot him down. Uh-huh. But he makes it to across the Black Sea to Turkey. Turkey's a NATO country, so he lands there, uh, gives them the his jet, and the Turks helped him migrate eventually to the United States. And he, uh, uh, interestingly, he actually uh, lived in San Diego the last years of his life and moved and into Bellingham, Washington, to fly a vintage Russian airplane with a friend of his, I guess a Russian friend. They were flying these, this vintage Russian aircraft, probably from the 50s, uh-huh. and they crashed. They crashed. They took out of off of uh, Bellingham Airport, and they both died. But he was wow. a great guy, a, a great hero, and uh, the name of the book is Fulcrum. Now, and also, was that written? Uh, was the book written locally, or did he write it? Or yeah, he wrote it with a uh, Malcolm McDowell because English is not his first language, of course. So he, Malcolm McDowell helped him write the book, and uh, you can find it um, in libraries probably, or order it from Amazon. Hmm. And uh, he wrote the book. I, I guess he wrote the book in uh, early nineties, and uh, and so uh, another book. Um, and Ian Chang, Life and Death in Shanghai. She and her husband were, were in Shanghai at the time the communists took over in 1949. And she and her husband elected to stay to try to help the new government. Uh, her husband was an, uh, and both she and went to college in England. And so they were experts in speaking English. And her husband was an engineer who helped run a uh, refinery, an oil refinery, um, and so they stayed on. Uh-huh. And unfortunately, her husband died of cancer. And a few years later, when the Cultural Revolution occurred, she ended up getting caught in all the uh, struggle between the various communist factions uh, for power in China. And she ended up in prison for six years. She was tortured, but she survived. And uh, lived to be in her 90s, came to America, became an American citizen. A great story of triumph and resourcefulness by this amazing woman named Nian Ching. C-H-E-N-G. And lastly, Fear No Evil by Natan Sharansky. Okay. He he was a Russian-Soviet engineer. uh, He was Jewish, and he and his wife decided they wanted to emigrate to Israel. Well, 
the Soviet Union didn't like that idea because he he was an engineer and knew some things about Soviet science and technology. So they didn't want him to leave. They let his wife leave, but they wouldn't let him leave. Okay. Then they, he campaigned with uh, um, Scoop, Scoop Jackson, and a senator from Everett, Washington, for human rights in Russia. Oh, and okay. he was he was. He was accused of being a CIA spy and sentenced to 15 years in prison. Fortunately, Ronald Reagan broke him out of prison by appealing to Gorbachev and saying, let Nathan Sharansky go to meet his wife in Israel. He's Why keep him in prison? He's a nice a guy who just wants to join his wife. And okay. so uh, he, the, got, he got out of prison. Right. Some good stories, it sounds like. And uh, look for him at your local library. And we'll be back tomorrow, 4 o'clock.